This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes, and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and I am beyond excited to introduce to our global community today someone that I've actually known since the dawn of time. This is Bill Borman. And Bill was actually the person responsible for training little old me back in the 1990s when I first started my recruitment career at an amazing company at the time called Primetime Recruitment. And I have been dying to get Bill on our podcast because he has got so much experience to share with us. So without further ado, welcome to you today, Bill. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, It's it's good to talk to you. It actually feels kind of strange because we haven't seen each other for quite a few years, but it feels like it was the other week really so I know it's, it's, great, it's great to be it's great to be talking to you enjoy your podcast I've enjoyed um watching the the various directions your career's gone and where you've gone from those those early days in Birmingham so it's, it's great to be here you you actually saved me from quitting I don't know if you actually know this I don't know if I've ever told you this before but when I came on your training course I'd already done three months and I yeah. was I was on that at that brick wall that so many newbies listening will be going, I don't know if I can do this. And I was about yeah. to quit. And we then did the residential in Northampton. And yeah. it your training, I still refer back to your training, and I'm sure we'll come on to this. And it totally, totally transformed me, which is why for me, an endemic training and development program is so essential for newbies coming into recruitment. But we it, I'm sure but I think that point you make is a really common story. So lots of people tell me that who've actually become prolific recruiters mm. in their career. Mm. Um, and I, I was always one of saying, you know, when people were sent to me for training and I was told that they were an absolute superstar and they were going to make it, I kind of knew that they were probably going to, um, if they were finding it really easy, they were probably going to be fail and be unsuccessful in a relatively period of time. And I think that's true all the way through your career, like, you know, where you take on your first branch manager's job or whatever it might be. Um, if you don't struggle and really have to work at that and you do question your own capability and you do question whether you can do it, you have to dig very deep. Um, when it appears to come easy, those people tend not to be successful. I know, you know, lots of people I know who own recruitment companies now or with directors, primetime and other places um we're actually either a week away from quitting or a week away from getting fired and yeah. circumstance mm. you know and we, a few we, things go your way so anyone you know anyone listening in who's mm-hmm. finding it um tricky or hard that's good yeah that's good this is you know this, this, that that bodes well for your career yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I just want to say, we will, I will definitely be sending this episode to the cohort we talked about off camera who were yeah. 
you know, they were, a sim- they were my true peer group. They were at a similar stage and they have become exceptionally successful business leaders themselves. And I think that at one point in time, they've probably been sacked or we're about to leave. Uh, you have to hit brick walls. And I, and I know we're, we're going to come on to that. And, you know, let's yeah. just talk a little bit about your profile. So, you know, as we record this in 2022, what are you doing? And talk to us a little oh, bit. So I've, I've worked in recruiting for 40 years. Oh. I started at 16. First day I left school and got a job in an agency, right? And, th- and that was going to be a temporary thing. And, th- and then I'm still around. So um, the uh, my, my career really falls into three stages, if you, if, if you want to call it three. Um, the first part was all geared around agencies, which um, culminated in the longest job that I had. I was with Primetime for 12 and a half years. Um, I would say I, I never regret a day that I was there. I was there at exactly the right time. I also never regret a day that I left. So it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a strange one. Um, but I did 12 and a half years there um, as director, ultimately as director of training and went through a whole growth from kind of about six offices to about 160 or something. So, um, and, you know, introduced the first was responsible for rolling out the very first computer system that we had and moving people on paper. Um, lots of things happened during that period of time, like the first national accounts, the first time we needed a brochure, I had to learn to do a brochure. I ended up taking on a bit of HR and going to tribunals. You know, it, it was a real um, growth and discovery. Any, anything where they, when the first national account started out before there was a national accounts team, I was working on kind of proposals and the first RFIs that came in all this kind of stuff so it was a great discovery time and it, and it was a very good a, a massive focus and belief in bringing new people into the industry and I think probably when I look across the industry you know there's there are 100 plus people who own recruitment companies that I trained at one point or another. Um, I came out of that and then set up a training company, really, um, and it pretty much just had another job, really, although my name my name was above the door. There was five of us working together. Yeah. Um, you'll know, obviously, David Morris and Jackie yeah. were, um, were working for me at that time. Um, and we had... F- five we had four great years and one terrible one when the recession came along that came along um uh basically lost everything so went bankrupt from that and personally bankrupt um was spending way too much money at the time and living the the champagne lifestyle with houses all over the place and then um and then uh social media had just started right so it was just really the beginnings of time with twitter and facebook and all that kind of stuff and I really got engrossed in that, and, and um, the and I won a whole load of awards for Hard Rock Cafe. I launched a, the first ever recruiting campaign on Facebook, um, where we hired 120 people in two weeks. Wow! Did that, and then um, that took me to the BBC and Oracle and a whole bunch of people, and, and I became essentially setting up and being strategic around social recruiting which has then led to branding and lots of other things yeah. and then from that it's it kind of I, I set up my own community through the recruiting unconference where we have about 100 co- events a year globally normally in normal times so open source 
Event. I've done both. I've done re- I've done real ones and I've done the virtual ones as a track leader. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Martin Dangerfield. Yeah. So we we set up true, but it's that's open source. So anyone can run it. You know, yeah. there's no fees, no licenses. So the way that we do it, that built a big community. Right. Um, and I in normal times I would spend about seven months of the year speaking at all of the major technology events. I work with startups and VCs and investors. Um, and large-scale global organisations, people like NASPERS or Oracle will come to me for their strategy and buying technology. So it's kind of interesting. Um, I still, I've just f- finished a project um, with a nursing agency to completely automate end-to-end, the whole end-to-end recruiting process for nursing, including the marketing and sales and that kind of thing. So I still have... And, and I've just been asked to do some training again, actually, do some management. Somebody messaged me out of the blue and said, I'm there, you know, I remember you from like 20 years ago and you trained me. So can you, I just want you to. Um, I'm just about to do a little bit of that again, which is kind of interesting. So I, I, I just work in the space um, and then post lockdown, uh, my consulting business takes less and less hours and I've been spending between 50 and 70 hours a week working with the homeless on quite a real problem which has been and that's gone from the first lockdown we did uh, 122 straight days I cooked dinners and took them out every night we did about six and a half thousand meals out of my kitchen wow. um, it became like industrial that's amazing uh, then started working with the the, the little charity, the drop-in centre, volunteered there every day for a year. Um, then now we pick up sovereign beds, and I'm, I actually work. I have to work for the council because I can't be a volunteer there to get access to all the records. I work with the council running the winter night shelter, um, and, and we've you know we've taken homeless from about 150 or so in the beginning to what's a handful now, four or five people. Oh, that's amazing, Bill. What so it's an been amazing. Very I was yeah. just about to say, but talk about altruism and, you know, the, the fact, and this is why I wanted to do on the podcast and the reason that you need to do your intro is because I can't think of anybody else who has got the depth and breadth of experience as you. You know, you were doing social recruiting before it was even a thing. I, I vividly remember well, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's the, the point is, um, you know, when we, when we talk about careers, you've got new people, you've got some, some old hands. Mm-hmm. Um my advice to people is not to have too much of this strategy and career plan, right? I've never had a strategy. I don't necessarily know what it is I'm going to be doing tomorrow or next week, but I'd be very reactive to what situation is as your market opens up, as things unfold. Be very reactive to what's going on. Um, don't be frightened to do stuff and know that some of it's going to fail. Learn quickly. Learn the essential things that you need to learn. And and there's a lot more access to that, to routes to do that. So go and learn things. Make sure you've got, uh, just constantly building your network. Your network's never big enough. And don't build a business network, build a network. And that's two very different things. I think you need to make a decision when you go out. Um, One of my Bill's life lessons, if you like, (laughs) try and communicate with people. You have to make a decision of... um, Am I building a network to make money from my network or because of my network? And, and I think in the agency world, we've all, 
we're always very focused on um, building a network you're going to make money from. Everything had to have a purpose or a very clear, this is a candidate, this is a client, yeah. go to this event because you're going to meet um, lots of people with potential candidates or potential clients and, and behave in that way. Whereas I think in, in, in the current age, it, it's net, you, you just broaden your network because you don't know where it's going to take you or where, where opportunities have come. Just be very easy to reference, have a good profile, make sure people can see what you can do and, um, and just contribute to the networks and the communities that you're in without expectation of any return. Absolutely. And that's the major change, I think, from um, you know, the period of time that we were going through recruitment agency will remember me it's very very focused on outcome and yeah. activity and numbers and blah 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 you know and, and that made people very successful at that time um and now i i think you have to network without purpose yeah well you have to um, network with authenticity and uh, i think it's yeah. all about seeing the bigger picture yeah, and authenticity is always the one that makes me laugh right because whenever i hear people talking and say you need to be authentic but this is how you need to present your personal practice so this is the way you need to be. And you're like, yeah, but that's not actually I'm not, me. <laughs> I'm not that thing, right? Hi. You know, so I think you do, um, you know, I, 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 uh, and you'll remember me being kind of the suited person. I never wear a suit. I always wear a hat. I, I, and I go into lots of boardrooms at places like KPMG and the BBC or whatever. They're very corporate environments. And they just know, they get a message from me saying, if you want me to wear a suit, then I'm not. Not coming. I'm not showing. We, we better make it a phone call. Um, <laughs> you know, now I'm in a fortunate position that um, I'm able to do that. <laughs> you know, that is a luxury. I can set those terms to say, yeah. if you want to talk to me, this is what you want to do. Um, because people don't tend to ring me when they don't have a problem. No, of course not. And it's a very real problem. And they haven't tried a number of people to try and fix that problem. Um, so, but, it, but you have to be, uh, when we talk about being authentic, I think it's just being truthful and not being mm. yeah. frightened and, and not expecting everyone to like you as well. You know, yeah. that's, well that's so I'm glad you've said that point because I, 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 I think I'm a bit of recruitment marmite, which I don't care about. I mean, I've earned the stripes like yeah. you and I've been doing this a long time. Um, I think when you get to a certain age anyway, but I do, I do, th I definitely think that what, social media as a culture has allowed us to see is that it's continuity and it's consistency and you're not going to please everybody and when i go used and do the things right these are so um i did a talk recently um for our 100 for recruiting leaders down in whitstable um which lots of people really liked and and i was and i was talking about extreme networking okay which i'm gonna make a series about actually but extreme okay. networking and i was talking about how i built a network right so basically i think my the time that i've spent with, with with the homeless um my time all of my years of recruiting kind of prepared me for that right moment in time kind of like a perfect story. um because it is entirely built about networking and the way in which you network and establish trust is exactly the same you, you yeah. consistent you turn up you do the things that you say you're going to do um when you can't do the things you say you're going to do, you go and put your hands up to it. If you say out of your capability, you don't help. You're very um, honest with people. Sometimes you're delivering the 
you know, and I have to deliver news to people that they're not going to get the house that they, the room they were hoping for, or and there's a reason for that. You know, I have to deliver bad news as well as good news yeah. in all kinds of situations. But you have to be consistent, reliable. Yeah. You have to turn up, do the things you're going to do, um, and you have to understand that you're going to do a lot of giving before you start getting any receiving. Right? Right. Before it starts, that. and right. and I think that that applies you know that's they are the things that i've learned kind of golden rules from from networking you know yeah, um, it's true if i think back to networking even after i left prime time you know you went with i'm sort of going back and summarizing some of the things you've said you'd go to a networking event with a target of i'm going to get three new clients from this meeting and now if you did that i mean a we're doing it in a virtual community generally speaking yeah. It would just be so disingenuous to what you're actually trying to achieve. I think you're just not a member of that community, right? So I remember when I, I doing I I started before podcasts were a thing. I used to have a internet radio show for a year, right? When it was thing started, and it was a dialing thing, and it was going on in America, and I, I had the first one in the UK. And I remember one of the first episodes I had a whole bunch of people, some of whom were recruited, some of them weren't. Um, but had really valuable things to put in. They might have digital agencies, recruitment, marketing, whatever. And I said, right, um, and we were talking about LinkedIn groups in those days, because that was really the only, this was before Facebook groups. Or, yeah, Red saying was there before Facebook, but it was kind of, um, LinkedIn groups was the place, right, where you, where you had a group and you behaved in it, mm-hmm. and you started to build the first community. And they said, right, the one way that you kill a group on LinkedIn is to invite recruiters. <laughs> and, and kind of that really stuck with me. And rather than being defensive about it, I kind of went, yeah, tell me about that. And they said, well, look, you know, they're showing up first thing. So I made a video about that for social talent, which actually has been my biggest connection. It's the, I think the most, still the most watched video on, on, on social talent. And, it, and, it, and it's, um, it's about, um, what there's one bit on personal branding, but there's a bit on um, networking. I compare it to lessons from the pub, right? Which is where I learned all my networking. Which is when if you go into that environment, yeah. if you if I tell you there's a there, there, there's a um, if you hire accountants and I, and it's I tell you right the the Rosen Crown has accountants night every Wednesday night where accountants get team for free drinks then you're going to want to turn up on a Wednesday night if you turn up and walk in and say right who wants a job I'm, I'm here I'm a recruiter who wants a job then they are going to say yeah go and talk to Jim over there he hasn't been employed for five years but you can help him with his CV or something like that um, whereas what you do is you go in and you find a common ground you, oh, sure. you go and find a common ground you know um, yeah. and I think a lot of those rules from the pub really set up the rules of networking um, lessons for life that i taught my kids like you know don't um don't divide the bill at the end of a meal <laughs> just pay just split whatever it is and put yeah. it don't add up what you've had you know so don't go and, and what i mean by that is don't go into these situations looking for what have people done for me before i do stuff for yeah, them really good advice that and and you know um, for those who are just, be open, just, be, just be open and yeah. um, we call it the bank of reciprocity basically in in that it, it's you put in you put in and then when you put in enough people will come to you right okay. um and and 
everyone wants to buy and nobody wants to be sold to. That, that's yeah. the world that we live in. So, and everybody wants to buy from someone they are familiar with or have heard of or know something and that they about. Trust. And how do we interact? Yeah. It's through building up a relationship and and to do that through social media just being consistent and help you know help people where you can and, and, yeah. and don't help people with an expectation that there's going to be anything at the end of that right yeah. and, and then when people when people want to work with you or, or have a requirement to work as long as it's really clear what you do when people have a requirement to work for you or they need some advice or they need something whether that's hiring someone or whether that's doing something then they're going to ring you because they don't want to ring other people or yeah. they're going to send you a direct message or do you know go on whatsapp or follow whatever yeah. format they do now because people are going to come to you because they know who you are and it, it's kind of like 80 percent of the work you do generates you no money yeah, well, it generates you 20 percent that pays all the bills right well and, based on that if we've got recruitment leaders listening which we do how do they yeah. balance that with the fact that they still need their recruiters to generate revenue so we, we're not we're not cancelling out how you believe in generating revenue right so if i was running a recruitment company today if yeah. i was yeah if i own one today and i still do some recruiting um the charity i'm a trustee of i've just hired four people for them Amazing. last week you know i'm still it hasn't changed so much Still got still get the tools out yeah um and they actually said to me yeah you're quite good at this i said yeah i've kind of done it before i'm okay <laughs> um and i think i think that the the the, the point of the, the point of that is um if you believe ultimately in networking network or not work if you buy that principle i'm just about to run this training course for a, a group of it recruiters if you believe that, um, you should. You should. I would have recruiters um, networking at least two hours a day, okay, with no expectation of uh, reporting how many candidates they spoke to or what they did. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I we would. I'd come in the morning and look for conversations that are happening that I can contribute to. Okay. In the groups, in the social places where I am, whatever I'm doing, is anyone looking for some help with something that I can contribute mm -hmm. to, whether that's advice, they want me to have a look at something, somebody needs a call. So I would network for a little, I would intention, intentionally network um, with no expectation of return at least two hours a day. Right? Okay. Go in and do, go in and do those things. And I don't really care where that networking is. That networking could be in your local community group of whatever it is. Go and do stuff because you're going to make, because you're going to, learn stuff and you're going to get sources of yeah information you're going to be able to sure. people mm -hmm. yeah you know the technology companies i work with love it and i always say to them look this is how it is um this is how it is we're going to go to a conference i don't want you to pitch anyone i want you to absorb all the conversations that are going on and learn about your market because yeah. these people are teaching you for free you should like, they're teaching you for free right you know um that's probably why i don't run a training company anymore these people are teaching you for free so just go and ab absorb all these different points of view all these different angles um you know and but if you were a recruitment company what would what we're doing for the other eight hours a day if we're doing that for two hours what we're doing for the rest of the time are we still cold calling we briefly interrupt this chat on the recruiters recruitment podcast to introduce to you our partnership with Vincere, 
the recruitment operating system. Vincere is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincere because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincere.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. Well, what do you do for the rest of the time? Um... Well, it depends what you, you describe as cold calling, really. Mm. Right? It depends what you describe as cold calling. But I mean, for yeah. me, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, and people don't answer the phone unless they know you, right? So it really right. is this reputation building, contributing, yeah. looking for where you can be helpful for people and, and doing that, right? Um, and that will generate work, work work hard and 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 surprise people we used to do something and i still hold by this and, and i think this is the major difference between recruiting if you want to say when i started out and up to you know when when the internet came along and all that kind of thing yeah. before fax machines and all that sort of thing as recruiters in agencies our purpose was to find jobs for people not people for jobs okay yeah, and that's significantly different, right? So our, our job was to have a small number of candidates. We could, who I mean, I only used to be allowed four candidates when I started out, right? That that was mm-hmm. we didn't have a database. They sat in my drawer, yeah, uh-huh. and I had to make sure nobody came along and nicked one. <laughs> I was only allowed four, and attraction was very expensive. Advertising in papers and stuff, mm-hmm. and we would work on. Um, right who are the people and then work those people and if you remember kind of some of the fundamentals that i always pushed into recruiters it was doing that it was reaching out it was giving contacts that we have in the market the opportunity to say no you know it's like look i'm telling you they've come up there really there's a reason for always having a reason for connecting with someone yeah of course you know we might call it a call it might be a LinkedIn message, it might be a WhatsApp message, it might be whatever format it is. It doesn't matter what it is, but it's the going. It's constantly building a network, so you can just go out to people and say, "Look, I'm just telling you that I'm giving you the option on this." In the same way, as you go back to candidates and say, "I'm giving you the option on this," yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and being really open. I find that really. I didn't know that. That's coming. Obviously, it's a long time since you trained me, but I think. I just want to pause because, of course, that's my entire model. And that has been my model for 20 years, that I get a candidate, I wrap them I up. I dripped it in your ear for a week and said, this is what well, it did. Clearly it did, and it, but it works. And to me, you know, yeah. most of the people listening to this, whether they're sitting on the recruiter side or the leader side, you will be in a talent short market. And in order to ensure that you are placing the best talent into your clients, which is then delivering to both, is doing it this way. This is... Yeah, but it doesn't really matter whether you're in a talent short market market mm. or a market overflowing with talent right? you still essentially have the same problem which is yeah. how do we get to the right person yeah you've got a talent market it's harder to get to those people and, and build that stuff up and 
relationship key. Um, if you've got a market overflowing with candidates, and I've been through <laughs> both of the, all of those cycles multiple yeah. times, if you've got lots and lots of candidates in the market, it get, it's harder and harder to get to the right ones because there's so many yeah. people. All your time is spent, kind of, you know, you, you, you put an ad out and you get 240 people reply. You know, it, it, it's easy. It never happened to me. <laughs> Yeah, so, job board, so that, that, that'll work. I find that really interesting I do and I, I think you are the king of pivot if you don't mind me saying you know given the yeah. start of this episode we talked about how your career has sort of transformed and you've evolved and I love how pragmatic you've talked about although I don't think I've ever pivoted you know no but you have I think I've just done the same thing in a different space yeah okay with a different angle you know because yeah. whether that's networking it's identifying opportunities it's yeah. learning very quickly about those opportunities looking for other people who might want that opportunity yeah. so, so i don't think it i don't think of myself as being any different to how i was i've just done it in lots of places i don't have a you know i i i, I have a a hunger to I, I was always, when I started out in recruiting, one of the areas I got to very quickly was I built desks for someone I worked for who who actually still gone, is godmother to my children. Who was oh, okay. Exactly three times. Um, twice I deserved it. Once I still hold it against them. Um, but it, and it was, and the, the things that I, what I used to do is I'd open a desk um, and this was when all agencies were general. There was no specialist like sales recruitment or anything else. And I went lived through that period of time where I would go, okay, well, I've got a couple of candidates who are quite good and they might be corporate finance sector is one that really sticks out in my mind. So I'd market them out because I'd market them out and they were good candidates and they get hired. I, I'd get 10 jobs for corporate finance secretaries. So then I put myself in the market as the corporate finance Yep. Very yep. specialist, right? And then that ended up being a massive, massive um, few agencies that made several million pounds a year in revenue when several million pounds was a lot of money. Okay. Um, but as soon as it got to the point where we'd hired a couple of people to run it and it had a machine, it had like that machine where it was going on, I needed to go to the next project because. Right. Okay. I'm not someone who, you know, that's why I'm still a one-man business. That's why I don't own a company. No, but you enjoy I'm, your projects, aren't you? That's what you enjoy. I like building. I like building and I like stuff I don't know. I like being in territory I don't know. I understand that. I was and once I know you, that territory. I was leading yeah. you with my question, though, because a lot of recruiters might be sat who are probably doing, you know, they, they love recruitment, but maybe they're thinking about shifting their career and you are the ultimate person that has done that. But I like what you just said there, because to me, if you've recruited in corporate finance you could go and recruit in legal you could go and recruit and risk in compliance you could go and recruit Definitely what would your speak. advice be if people are looking to maintain their value because i think this is always the dilemma that someone has when they, certainly when they come to me you know they don't want to lose their value financially by leaving behind one sex and going into another one but to me recruitment is recruitment well, the only value you have in that respect is your black book right yeah. it's your contact yeah of course so it that, is. that becomes a currency that people move you around it's and they have true. a certain expectation Mm-hmm. That also becomes a ball and chain. Yeah. That, that becomes a ball and chain. Whereas if it's your ability to go wherever you want to, you know, I, I'm going to, you think about it. I, 
we we look at you know, one time at prime time i was teaching people how to do pcb assembly you know line in wales because that was the big market and i'm going to learn about how to do pcb assembly and i went i built a um an assessment system that people will be proud of these days and we went and had thousands of attempts going and doing that because we create and hired lots of people to do it we, we built a, a way of doing that we decided to start doing nurses and healthcare we, we went and didn't have the internet in those days went to the library and read some books and wrote some healthcare training and went to see some clients just went to see clients and just asked very open questions that's it that's it isn't it it's about being inquisitive and i think if you i think it's being inquisitive but i also think it's genuinely you know it's a blessing for me that i was born with this genuinely being nosy and interested you know if you start telling me you know, if you start telling me about how your mic works for your podcast, I'll be genuinely interested in that and ask you quite a couple of questions. Yeah. If somebody brought, you know, and and this is what I think we do in recruiting is um, the best approach you can have is to be, it's, it's to not know everything about something, mm. but a little bit about all the things. Enough to have a conversation and yeah. good enough to say, you know what, just tell me about that. How does that work? What does that do? What, How do you, yeah. We can't know everything about everything, can we? What are your thoughts? How do you feel about that? You know, And I haven't changed in that in anything that I've done. Any pivot, I've done any customer, you know, all the different new markets. I've just gone in and said, Let's be really diagnostic. Let's go deep. Now I use lots of data, lots of numbers all right. the time. Mm-hmm. Now I do lots of performance management. Still, essentially, recruitment companies are run a recruitment. That doesn't matter whether it's corporate or agency. If you're asking those questions. that hires millions of people a year, still run on the same three numbers that are important. There's still the same three key, key factors. Right. Activity, efficiency, outcome, right? If you understand that... And you measure that data and you build your systems to measure that data. Mm. It's about spotting the trends. And I think we were really fortunate, actually, in the time that we went through, because we used to collect lots of numbers of of what people would call data now before it was a thing. You'll remember, I designed like a book for you to record all your five-bar gates, all the calls you made, and see things you said. But it was always about... um, not about hitting you over the head for what you haven't done, but make, get you to understand what impacts your business and making sure that everyone could understand, well, actually, I can either do more activity yeah. or let's really think about how I can improve that activity because I can't do more work, but I could do better work. You could be more efficient. because I, I, I could go and get more money, right? Uh, activity results, right? right? So whatever I do now, if I go to a company like NASPERS, who might hire, um, I think when I was at Cisco, we were talking about hiring 1.6 million people a year or something like that globally. And I'm going in, I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I'm looking at numbers and saying, right, what's the activity? How many candidates do we need in this pool? Let's start breaking down with what they need to do, how many convert, how many get interviewed, where have we got a hole in the process, what doesn't go on? So I, so I don't think that, I haven't really changed. Now the difference is now I have, Systems that can go and get me those. Of course, you know, it's readily available. Of course, it is. Advice I'd give to anyone um, 
in between seasonal old is because the systems can do it doesn't mean it should necessarily do it it's good times for you to take those numbers and sit with a calculator and get a pen out and just be all time consuming because the two things that i found always were good in a management perspective moving on was because I had to collect the numbers, let's say I was managing your office in Birmingham for a day or whatever, because I had to collect numbers from you, we had to have a conversation about those numbers. So you would tell me things and I would have a natural reaction and say, oh, I've sent out 10 CVs today or whatever. I go, oh, right, that feels a bit low because you normally send out 20. You'd say, oh, yeah, but I did had three client meetings and I was at the yeah. office for half an hour. And I go, okay, I've got a handle on what you're doing now. So it's, it's yeah. And the sitting down working it out for myself before we sat down and had our evening debrief kind of, you know, I still believe in morning meeting, lunchtime catch up, evening debrief. Even more so now, people have disconnected, right? I agree. It's process, isn't it? That's what it yeah, is. So let's talk about what's happened and what's going on and let's look at individual stuff. You know, so I don't think the way which I've worked, albeit it's in lots of different environments, I still do the same things with homeless, morning meetings. <laughs> I think some of the recruiters I've met have been very good at process management, and so therefore it is easy for them, or easier for them to maybe think about that. So I think I think that's all really useful. Um, I think it doesn't matter where you're listening to this in the world, you can take that on board and really think about how you use your data. It's basics, right? Recruitment comes down to the same thing. The same thing. There are two things which are absolutely critical, no matter what you hire. And, and that doesn't matter whether you're dealing with industrial temps, okay. or you're healthcare workers, or you're dealing with CEOs of organisations. It okay. really doesn't. Um, it is a good understanding of the job and a good understanding of the candidate. And also looking at those two things individually and collectively, of not being biased by that, to just say, right, let's mm -hmm. ask the questions. More importantly, let's listen to the answers. You've got two ears and one mouth stuff, really. Let's listen to Oh, the I'm so glad you said that. I quote you all the time and I'm always tagging yeah. you on LinkedIn. I just, just right, do is one mouth, use them in that order. I mean, I've use never. Them in that order, right? and, and that now, nowadays, that might be digitally. That might not be what we'd consider a conversation. That might, but same thing. Yeah. Look at what people are telling you, you know, and yeah. and the answers that you're getting are getting shorter and shorter because of the technology, whether that's text or WhatsApp or whatever people are using. So, but you've got to make it. But what's important is not the first question that you ask, but the third question that you ask about the same thing. That's how you understand it. Probing. So, if you understand the job, if you understand the job, and you understand the people then those two things overlap, right? Because you're asking them both, and I've always trained recruiters the same way, you're asking the same things to the same people. It doesn't matter whether they're hiring, doesn't matter whether they're looking for a job. And when those answers overlap, there's a match. And yeah. when they don't overlap, it's yeah. not a match. If you're trying to force that, because you're no, chasing it's it. Up, it's it's not going right? to work. And a good match, um, increasingly, you know, it's you can you need to control the process, but don't think you can control the person. No, because it's it's yes, yeah. and the sooner you learn that, the better. Oh, these are gold nuggets. These are real nuggets. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if if you've got no deals or ten deals in a month. Don't let the deal be your gold. 
No. The case in that, just if this is a natural match, great. If not, don't force it. Get on and do something else. You do know, the right having... thing. Listen to this man. Before we go, I've got one question for you. Have you got the crystal ball ready? Because you are yeah. the ultimate sort of future proofer what do recruiters what's the one thing recruiters need to do to ensure that they still have a job in the future okay so i just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company hoxo media are doing about it there's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter personal branding building an online presence finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now they teach it all to you over an eight week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of COVID and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com, or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout. But make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. So here's the thing. Um, if you work like a robot, you're going to be replaced by a robot. It's as simple as that, you know. I've just, you think about it, I've just built a totally automated workflow for attracting clients. Right. Everything from marketing to where messages wow. should be going to, what's going on through to conversational AI, to finding, sourcing candidates, to wow. meeting them all. Everything can be automated. Everything can be wow. automated. So um, you got to look at it and say, I need to be different to that. The first thing I'd say is embrace technology, right? Um, don't, I think we fear it. Um, systems match people, match candidates to jobs much better than people do. Mm. on a much bigger faster scale right you know yeah. i've helped build yeah. some stuff so let the technology work mm -hmm. and then use that automate everything you can that's about 70 percent of your workflow yeah. 70 percent mm -hmm. of your tasks yeah. automate everything you can um and look at it and say my piece in this whole thing is going to be 10 percent yeah my 10 percent could be really good the 10 percent human piece which we want in there is all about the things like the relationship, understanding of the people, the conversation, the nuance of what's what's going on. Intuition, right? influence, advice. Advice. Right. And, you know, make sure if it's influence, it's influence with the right motive. Absolutely. 
it's not yeah, influenced no, no. because you feel it really. It's because some, but then if you know if trust is there, you don't need control. Mm. You don't need yeah. control because people will tell you that they don't want to do something, or you know. And if you're getting lots of people ghosting you or lots of deals not happening or whatever, that's an indication that you're pushing the wrong things. Yeah, I agree. You'll get found out soon enough, that's for sure. You won't be around as long as this man. Thank you so yeah. much for joining us today. I knew it would be just like, you know, how many sound bites we're going to get from this. Shannon's going to have her work cut out doing this, I'll tell you. But you have been a delight. And thank you to... Yeah, it's always, I mean, it was always great to talk to you. You know, and, and to anyone listening who's um, my old prime time or whatever, I've no doubt you could all... I was thinking about this earlier. I thought I still know the policy statement, you know. It's where people could still do that. It's made people learn that. Thing. So, you know, at tip to everyone um and enjoy stay safe and the biggest thing is enjoy it you know i agree it's not chores finding people work and connecting people work is a privilege and it's been a privilege in my lifetime oh i've just gone all goosebumpy though because that's exactly how i feel about what i do and if we can just share that how to achieve true joy in your job to our audience then you've just uh hopefully um given them lots of advice how to do that well thank you so much we really appreciate you joining us on the recruiters recruitment podcast Thank you.